0: the starting Why podcast here we ask entrepreneurs actors investors innovative and artists on the why why they are doing what they are doing what motivates and drives them and why can't they stop we will start in five four three two one
1: hey guys you are listening to the starting why podcast and this is joe today i have another guest here with me hey lizia how you doing
0: I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here. How are you?
1: I'm doing great as well. Thank you very much. It's a total pleasure to have you here. And actually, we have to tell the people, of course, you're an entrepreneur, but you're not only an entrepreneur, you're also the mother of three.
0: Yes. And uh, to make matters worse, three boys. So it's, it's not a joke around here. Uh, lots of energy all the time. <laughs>
1: I'm not sure if it makes it better or worse. I'll not comment on that. But uh, basically, I can imagine the energy that is around there at your house. We are talking today because you are, despite being a mom, are in the process of building your own business, your own app. And what I've wanted to talk with you about is how you structure your day, what you've learned what lessons you could share with our audience. And I thought, hmm, the best way to start is in the morning. So basically, take us through an usual daily routine. And then we would talk about if you have some guidelines, some plans, some ideas on how you organize yourself, because that is also, as we said before, we are recording, this is a process. Not only that you learn, but you also hear about other tools from other people. You try it out, and there's a zero or one option. Either it works or it doesn't. If it works just a tiny bit or just a little bit, that's basically things I don't do. But if they are really a smashing success, I keep them. Do you do the same?
0: Yes, yes. I can tell you about two specific things that I've learned in the process. First one being, I learned to prioritize and uh, that's tough when you have kids at home, when you have a home also to care for and, and the business in itself, so much to do within it. If I don't prioritize every day, I go nuts. If I try to do it all, I go nuts. I didn't mention, but I also homeschool my kids. So typical morning to me means that I'm running school, I'm running a business. I'm also trying to feed the family. So it's, it gets pretty crazy. And if I don't prioritize everything and each one of these things that I told you, you know, who's the kid right now that needs more help with school? What's the aspect of my business that needs more help? And uh, what needs to be done at home today? I cannot do everything. And I just choose three or four things and I deal with those. And I just choose to not think about the other ones. Otherwise, I go nuts. And the second thing that I've learned is flexibility too. I listen to a lot of podcasts and ebooks of other entrepreneurs. And you know, you always see the biggest ones saying, I wake up at five AM, first thing I do is exercise. You know, and talking about all those disciplines that can help you throughout the day. And it's all amazing and it's all like something that I would like to do at some point. But I got to a point that I had to realize, you know, I just can't do the same as a 60-year-old guy does. <laughs> Waking I know up that least.
1: feeling, yeah.
0: It's just not possible after you've been awakened by, by your kids. You know, my kids wake me up at least four times every night, sometimes only to tell me that they can't sleep. So, you know, I just can't wake up at 4.30 a.m. to exercise. So I've learned to be flexible. You know, it's if I go to bed early the day before and nobody wakes me up, then yes, I wake up early and I start the day with the exercise. If not, then I'm flexible, and I give myself some grace, and I wake up later, and you know I just take it from there, and then I fit exercise somewhere within the day without feeling guilty. Because before I used to feel guilty. Why can't I establish, you know, that amazing discipline? And it's not that I'm not establishing it, but it's a phase, right? And you have to give yourself grace within the phase that you're living through. So that's uh, another important lesson that keeps me going in this craziness that is my life.
1: I've been there, actually. I'm now something like almost two years out there by myself as an entrepreneur. And I realized, first, you have to learn how the family usually runs. What I mean with that is, uh, when, do the, when do the kids get up? For example, it doesn't make sense, as you said, to schedule 4.30 a.m. A running exercise when you know that you'll be so tired that you can barely make it out of the door. That is something I had to learn the hard way. But right now, it works pretty good for me because I take them to kindergarten and then I have some time. And that's actually also something I learned. I need some undisturbed time. So that means basically in the morning when only my wife is here, that is the time I focus on certain topics when I get work out of the way because the afternoons, they look totally crazy. Most of the time I'm booked with events like this, with my work or stuff like this. I'm most of the time booked between local time here, 2 p.m. and 8 or 10 o'clock in the evening. So that is something that works for me. I'm not sure how you do it. So your kids are homeschooling. I assume they're a little bit older. Do you get up early, give them breakfast, or uh, do they just fend for themselves, or do they even make breakfast for you? That would be amazing. (laughs)
0: Oh, we're almost there, actually.
1: <laughs> almost. Uh huh.
0: So, I have a five, a six, and a nine year old. And the nine year old is very responsible. He's like, I joke that he's my co parent. He really helps out around here. And I've also, you mentioned practicality and fending for themselves. I'm not going to lie, that also became a thing here where I just know, I know what each one of them likes and I I have it always here and I make it super easy for them to, if I'm not available to do it themselves. So they're not starving on my account. So if I have to, because I also, I deal with a lot of time zones because I'm building a global business. I have city cats all around the world. So I have early morning meetings sometimes or like middle of the meeting where I just can't stop. And they go and they feed themselves. And with homeschool, they've learned that if mommy is busy, they have to hold off on that question until I'm done. It took me a while to get them there. I'm not going to tell you my kids were born like that. It wasn't like that. You know, There were a lot of embarrassing situations until they finally got it, that it was serious business <laughs> that I was dealing with. So now now they hold off on that. And in any given day, I'm going to stop like a call with another CEO or I'm going to be in a call with someone from my team. And right after I'm having to explain three digit multiplication and, you know, you just have to go back and forth and all of these things, you know, it's just the way it is here in in my household and I've learned to cope with it. It's crazy, but it's, it's good. All good.
1: So many questions, but actually, you know what popped into my mind when you talked about fending for themselves? Popped in my mind like a huge oversized freezer with a sub 0 freezer with a lot of frozen pizza in there and a lot of vegetables and fruit in the fridge. That's what popped to mind.
0: How did you know? That's exactly what it is. (laughs) I have two freezers, one in the garage, a big one in the kitchen full of frozen waffles and uh, lots of fruits lying around and that yeah that's exactly what it is it's what it looks like (laughs) mac and cheese you know
1: (laughs) yeah i think parents think alike and second thing when you go back and forth a lot how do you keep track of your tasks because there was something that became incredible hard for me when a lot of my consulting work conflicts with my podcasting work. What I mean especially with podcasting is I do my best to have at least half a month, maybe a month, of content on the shelf already. But nonetheless, it has to be published. And everybody who's ever been to my main podcast or this one, they can tell. There's not only a publication, I press a button and bam, it's there. It's across all the platforms. It's on Shimalaya in mainland China. It's on my internet radio station. I Usually for my own podcast, I also write a blog post for it. It goes into a newsletter, yada, 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 yada. So a lot of stuff. And that was something I was struggling with until I realized, okay, every Tuesday, completely dedicated to all the stuff I have to do. And one of the first tasks I'm doing is doing the publication for the week. That's it. Publication every Thursday. And so the people can listen to it during the weekend what they actually also are already doing is there like a certain trick that you have not losing track of your tasks especially when you're in a call with one of your employees or with a business partner do you instantly write everything down you talked about or you're just a genius and keep it all in your mind without forgetting anything
0: i wish (laughs) That would be the coolest superpower. <laughs> no. I've learned about some tools that work for me. I don't know if it's the same for everybody. You know, I think everybody will have to find their own. But beforehand, I used to keep lots of notebooks around and I would write it down, but then I didn't know what notebook it was in. And it was a mess, right? You know, When you go to startup conferences and they give you those cool, like mini notebooks, and I used to have them all and use them all, but it didn't work for me. That system. So I actually use this uh, pretty cool tablet. Have you heard about Remarkable? I think so. Yeah, it's it's a tablet that's made for focus. It's made for focus. You don't go to the internet on it or anything. It's kind of like paper on a tablet. It's super thin, super light, and you get to organize your stuff and it also connects with Google Drive. So ever since I bought my Remarkable, it became much easier for me because it's everything in there. I don't have no longer have 5-6 notebooks lying around. I only have the Remarkable in my Google Calendar, and that's what keeps me accountable. Sometimes I use the notes on my phone, but I use the notes to list ideas because I always have my phone on me. So I'm running, and then I have an idea for post on Instagram because I have my personal Instagram, my founder Instagram. Then I I write it down on my notes. But any meeting, anything like that goes on my Remarkable in different folders, and then I take some time at the end of the day to grab bits and pieces from each folder and turn it into a to-do list for the next day. So not everything that I write down in a day makes it to the to-do list the next day, but things that I have to follow up on go in there. So ever since I took on that system, it works for me. And then the calendar, of course, I'm nothing without the calendar. I have to put it immediately in the calendar, (laughs) if in the phone, otherwise I'm not.
1: Yeah, same here. Uh, so basically, I also have like a hybrid system similar the, uh, to what you're doing, but actually during the day, I'm still writing on paper and everything that was not finished goes onto my digital to do list. And then I allot time basically to work on my digital to do list, which then really helps me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is basically what works for me. But as you said, there is a lot of different methods that work for people, but basically, I think what we're both talking about is you have a small short-term to-do list and everything else is on long-term to-do list, like the, oh, holy shit, don't forget that list.
0: <laughs> Correct.
1: <laughs> exactly. One more question before I forget that. Uh, when you've been talking a lot of international meetings, how do you deal with the different times you change into daylight savings time because that always gives me and my partner radio stations across the world, the internet radio station, a big headache because the United States change into daylight savings time. I think this year, two weeks earlier than Europe and they're staying there a little bit longer than Europe does, which always makes for like two, three weeks within a year where the time differences are not the same. It's, I'm losing hair over that one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm an expat. I'm Brazilian living in the U.S. for the past six, 17 years now. So I've had to deal with it before my professional life had me do, dealing with it You know, in order to talk to my, my parents, my relatives. So I was kind of used to it. It just it became part of my life. I also have family all around the world. My family is, has been like that ever since I was a kid. I have cousins living all around the world. So to me, it was just normal already. I just had to add some more time zones. <laughs> and, you know, as I said in the beginning, it's, to me, it's all about flexibility. I kind of know that I work all day, in a sense, because I have to be available in different times of the day. So I cannot do like just work in the morning. I work a little bit in the morning, a little bit in the afternoon, a little bit at night. So I can accommodate the time zones. And then in between, I accommodate time with my family, with my kids, you know, driving them around because, you know, I'm an Uber driver for them and I get no tips. So it's just, <laughs> it's it's working all days, really. <laughs> that's that's the mindset that I had to take on.
1: Well, well uh, a friend of mine, she's also driving around her kids and she says the only tips she's get are empty chips bags.
0: Uh, yep, yeah. That is so true. <laughs> and they even drink my water, these kids.
1: <laughs> I see. So basically, I also see another similarity. You also split during the course of the day work and non work related stuff. So basically, for me, it's also to go running in between to do the grocery shopping for the family, like all the other stuff around the house that you don't get to usually, like taking care of the garden. Uh, moaning the lawn, and whatever else is out there. For for example, uh, cleaning the car, the family car, right? Stuff like this.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll give you an example. Just last week, I have this weekly meeting with my co-founder, and we usually meet at at a Starbucks while my kids are at Taekwondo. But that day, I had to do grocery shopping because the next day, my parents were going to arrive from Brazil and I had no food at home. So we actually met at a Starbucks inside Target, And I had to meet with her. And then right after meeting with her, I had to do an interview with a possible intern. And right after I ran, did my groceries and came running back to pick up my kids and get home to another meeting. So that's pretty much how it goes regularly for me.
1: I also realized when I was starting that I have to manage my energy. And as you said, with three boys, it's also crucial What did you learn there? And especially since you told us they are waking you up like four times a night, how are you dealing with that? When do you recover? How do you recover? Is there like a magic trick?
0: (laughs) You keep bringing up these magic things that I wish happened to me every day.
1: I'm looking for magic here, (laughs) as is our audience.
0: Uh, Audience, I wish I knew what the magic tricks are, but I do some practical stuff. I've established some routines. So I don't think an entrepreneur that is also a parent has the luxury of eating bad and not exercising. That's just, you have to do it. You have to find some time to do it because we're not getting any younger and our bodies need that in order to function like just in a normal life being an entrepreneur just makes it even crazier. So I, I have to do that. As far as sleep goes, I don't sleep as much as I should. It's just not possible. But I think my body kind of adapted to it. But I have to eat well, I have to eat healthy, I have to eat whole grains every day, not to say that I only eat that I also eat lots of chocolate. And that's my happy place like in, in the middle of the day. But eating well. And yeah, of course, (laughs) man, dark chocolate is just and coffee have kept me. I I will tell you that I started drinking coffee after I had three kids and and started City Cat. Before that, I was not a coffee drink. I didn't even like coffee. And I've learned to like it. And at least once a day, I have to have it. (laughs) But the exercising, it really makes a difference in my life. At least four times a day, I'll go to the gym for like 40 minutes and I I lift weights. But when I cannot do that, I take a walk and I try to keep my 10,000 steps in. Even if I have to walk around the house with my laptop, like watching something or being a part of a webinar, I try to do that. And I found that before I did this versus now, I have much more energy. Not to say that I don't get tired, I get tired. There's no magic in it. It just makes it more bearable. (laughs) And I think it'll give me more health for the future. (laughs) So I'm counting on it.
1: I see. I see. One more question, because I was standing here just before we started recording and had some brainstorming session with my wife, because there's like a big calendar of the whole year on the wall uh, with like all the potential days for vacation. In Germany, we do get a lot. But as an entrepreneur, I basically have to give up revenue for this. So there's some negotiations going on, as well as all the birthdays and the holidays and all that stuff. Do you also do like at least a quarterly planning or an annual planning or something like this?
0: I'll be honest with you. Like you, you're my hero. You guys, you guys are killing it. But, you know, I joked around with you. Before we started this, we were joking around that year. You're German, I'm Brazilian. I don't do planning as well as you. It's not in my blood to plan that much. But yes, I have to plan because once the family grows, it's just a given. You have to because you're accommodating everybody's lives, but not that much. And I usually plan around my family's trips because I live far from my whole family. My parents, my sisters, they all live in Brazil still. And they come once a year. So that's usually my vacation time. But vacation for an entrepreneur, if I hope, I think it's the case with everybody, it's not really vacation, right? <laughs> we take the laptop with us. It's vacation for the kids. It's vacation because it means my parents are helping out with the kids as well. But I'm also working in a more flexible way. I just take less meetings, but it's I have to adapt at least for now. Maybe in the future, right when we we get to the other side of the rainbow, it's gonna be better. Well, we'll see.
1: I really enjoyed this interview, and apparently, we do have a lot of similar struggles. Even though you're threefold than mine, but nonetheless, I like your approach, and it appears to be that we have sometimes kind of similar solution to problem. But I was thinking about weekends. I. Would imagine that you also try at least to take off some time of work on the weekends, because when you said you walk around with your laptop, you take it on vacation, I thought, yeah, so do I. And usually, even on the weekends, I'm on my cell phone, I still reply to messages, but I try to minimize it. What is your best practice on that?
0: On Saturdays, I usually try to tackle laundry. Laundry is a big problem in my house. We're a family of five, and four of them are men. (laughs) a it's a big problem. And I haven't founded a a startup to deal with that yet. So it's me. (laughs) uh,
1: Guys, if you're listening to us, if you have a startup, or you have an idea and look for funding, reach out to me.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. And please, I'll I'll be your beta tester, (laughs) whatever it takes. But uh, what I do is I'll do it while watching something. So watching to something. I'm a subscriber to Masterclass, the app. But in, anyway, I have to deal with laundry and I usually pair it with watching to something that will educate me further because during the week is just really hard. And that's kind of what it means for me working in the weekend. If I have to, I'll reply to an email, but that's pretty much what I do on a Saturday. Sundays are my days that I try to Keep it off work completely as much as I can. And the people in my company, they know they we give each other time because all of us have an entrepreneurial mind that if we let ourselves, we'll work through the weekend, but we have families, we have to also take care of them. So I'm trying to establish that as a habit in, uh, within the company that at least one day a week, we just leave each other alone. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, not a lot more to say. There's just a little bit of insight I want from you adding to that interview because you made the cut at TechCrunch Disrupt at NPR How I Built This Fellowship Program and Babson's Win Lab. How did you do it despite your time constraints? Or did they just like you?
0: Uh. <laughs> You know, it's funny that you bring this up because uh, NPR, how I built this summit, I was between the 13 first fellows that they brought in to the first summit. And that happened the same weekend as Babson's Wind Lab Accelerator Welcome retreat in Boston. So I had to be in Boston for three days. I went to Boston on a Thursday. I had to be in there for three days. And I had to come back to Orlando. My mother-in-law was watching the kids, but the flight was from here to San Francisco. I came back home. I spent three hours at home, something like that. And my youngest was like two. So he was very sad about that. Like he was not happy. And then I left. I put them to bed and I left again to San Francisco. And my mother-in-law, she kept sending me videos of my baby running around the house looking for me. <laughs> like, why would you send someone a video like that? It's so heartbreaking. <laughs> I flew to San Francisco and it was part of this surreal experience where I met so many entrepreneurs, so many great founders, like the founders of Method, the founders of Airbnb. It was so cool. And, and then I came back to like, straight taking care of the kids again because they missed me so much. But it all happened within those five days. It was so intense, but such a surreal experience. And TechCrunch was way later than that. But it's the family supporting me within all these situations. My husband, my in-laws, they they live in Boston. So they'll travel here and help me with the kids. And that's how I make it work.
1: I see. I see. I see. So a lot of supporting, I would call it social network, uh, family, friends around (laughs) <laughs> that is amazing. Before we come to the end of this recording, can you tell us a little bit about your startup and what you are doing there at City Cat and how people can learn more about it? And we, of course, will link it down here in the show notes.
0: Yeah, of course. So, as I mentioned before, just to give you a little bit of the story behind it, I am an expat. I'm from Brazil. I'm a travel lover. I am a mom. And my professional background is I'm a journalist. So all of these things kind of came together when I had the idea for CityCat, because I was, as a travel lover and mom, frustrated with how hard it is to plan trips if you're trying to go beyond the traditional 10 top things to do list that comes up every time you Google attractions in any given destination. So I got frustrated with that because I want to travel and get to know the real, the true core of cities what's really unique culturally within that city. And I couldn't find that information online. So I went after the problem and I realized it's a big problem for everybody. There's a whole lot of people trying to find ways to experience authenticity when traveling. And they're all frustrated. There are all kinds of platforms in search of this information. That's when I also realized that it's not a problem of not having lack of attractions cities have enough attractions, they have enough authenticity. The problem is informational. People just don't know how to access the information and you always end up there. You travel there and you don't know what to do. Like besides the, the 10 top list that gets you into crowds, you don't know what to do afterwards and you don't know what to eat and all of these things. So I applied a very basic journalistic principle, which is, you know, every journalist has its sources, their sources of information. And I created CityCat. So CityCat is a platform where travelers get to plan trips with help from local sources. And these local sources are local or travel influencers that either live or have traveled to their destination many times before. So you get to plan your trip with the help of them in collaboration with inside a trip planner. They, you start planning your trip in CityCat and these local sources that we call CityCats they come in and they basically help you throughout the planning by answering your questions, by giving you suggestions of things to do. It's all based on your own needs and also on the cultural authenticity of the place. So it's very personalized and uh, we do not compromise that authenticity. We're not selling attractions. We're not selling you tickets. We are just sharing information with you based on what you need. So we've built CityCat. uh, We launched CityCat. CityCat has already influencers in 66 destinations in 33 countries around the world, and I would like to say here that we're looking for more CityCats. So, if you are a local influencer yourself, if you know local influencers anywhere in the world, you're welcome to apply to be a CityCat. And if you're a traveler looking to get more out of travel, I will also welcome you to come in and try out CityCat. We're in beta. We welcome every feedback, and we're very open to to talking and listening in this process right now that's what i'm building
1: <laughs> sounds pretty good two questions one i would assume it includes opportunities also for travel with kids
0: yes yes so being that i am a mom that was also another thing that got me frustrated is that there are platforms out there where you can hire locals it's not that we're the first in that sense but they're not catering to families meaning there's no safety guards in place. It's like any person that's a local can sign up and be a person providing your service. And how do I even know if that's safe, if that person has gone through a background check or something like that, that gives me the peace of mind being a mom that I can put my family in that position. So with CityCat, that was really important to me that all of those locals were validated, that they went through a process of recruiting, onboarding, testing. So we're sure that the platform has done its job of like securing that. And so every family feels safe. And many of our city cats, uh, we, have, we categorize them. So many of them are moms. We have lots of expats, lots of foodies, but lots of moms as well. So you also get to find a city cat that is family-friendly, that knows about the playgrounds, that knows about the museums and all of that. And they can help you plan a family-friendly trip.
1: Sounds pretty interesting. And... Just one more question, how you're going to earn money on that?
0: As a platform, we're a marketplace. So the city cats, they charge uh, whatever they want for helping you plan your trip. The averages are from $10 to $40 per day plan, and when you pay your city cat, we charge you a service fee on top of that, 25%. The plan with the cat, it's the first service. So the city cats in the future will also be providing other kinds of help like taking your pictures if you want to meet them up for a photo session because they're Instagrammers, they're good with pictures. They can give you a ride. They can uh, guide you through the city. So in all of these services that cats will be offering, it's always going to be a service fee that we will charge. We'll never uh, take commissions out of the cats' earnings.
1: Sounds pretty promising. So everybody who'd like to learn more, down here in the show notes, there will be a link to City Cat, and there people can learn more.
0: Yes, visit us.
1: Awesome, great. Lithia, it was just a pleasure having you as a guest. Thank you very much for being here and sharing uh, with us your totally crazy, like normal life.
0: (laughs) It was my pleasure, my pleasure. I hope it gets normalized at some point.
1: (laughs) Yeah, when we are in retirement. Hmm? Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Maybe.
0: And then there'll be the grandkids.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Guys, thank you very much for tuning in to starting why again. Hope to hear you soon. Bye-bye.